Welcome to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight. Your host is Andy Ford, one of today's leading innovators. Our show is about how ideas and technology come together to form the most buzzed about products of the 21st century. Specifically, what goes into the thought process of these innovations and the channels they go through to get to the marketplace. Now, here is Andy Ford. Hello, thanks for joining me today on Innovation Insiders. My name is Andy Ford, coming to you from Brado Creative Insight in beautiful downtown St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Brado Creative Insight, uh, to find out more information about us, just go to www.brado.net. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with me throughout this show, my name is Andy. Uh, email is andy.ford at brado.net, or you can just you know hit me up in conversation on Twitter at a Ford. So we're getting a lot of good responses uh, from people uh, via email. Uh, it's been really nice. This is actually our fourth episode. Uh, my special guest today uh, is uh, David Weaver, and, and we're going to get in and talk about David. David's had a, a really interesting career, and he's an interesting human being to boot. Uh, and one of the things you're going to notice in this show also is that David's got one of the smoothest voices you'll ever hear. It's really out of central casting. Um, it, it's interesting, though, that so far in, in the origin of this show, uh, we're hitting some themes. And, and it's really very uh, interesting to talk to people across a wide category, these innovation insiders, and get their perspective. One of those things that I found, it coincides with the way Brado sees business is that we don't live to inform. We say don't inform, inspire. That's one of the things that I'm catching uh, from these various uh, conversations that we're having. David is certainly an inspiration. He's responsible for business development that drives innovation for Nestle Purina. But prior to that, he had uh, various marketing roles that continued uh, to move and escalate up into innovation for a lot of well-known brands. Uh, in those years, he spent a long time, uh, a lot of time developing business skill set as a global strategy consultant. And his passion project is sitting on the board of a local startup that's leveling the playing field for life-changing nutrition. His passion for innovation really solidified in college. Uh, he worked for a company or started a company that joined consumers' passion for customization with traditional woodworking products via advanced manufacturing techniques. Uh, this startup, and I love this, offered two valuable lessons. Scary, complex problems can be broken down into simple pieces, and you must talk to your customer every day. Um, now, David's got several degrees, uh, Kansas State, he's Marshall School of Business, University of Southern California. He lives in Seattle uh, with his wife and two young sons. I can tell you that I know he's a, an avid reader, uh, just uh, it pulls in a ton of information and uses that to really think about a lot of various things that his passions seem to be very uh, wild and varied. <clears throat> his future, the thing he loved about uh, talks about a lot is personalized nutrition, and his passions are distilling dis delicious bourbons uh, with a story and trying to raise happy boys. David, welcome to the program. Thank you, Andy, and thanks for the introduction. Um, you know, it's always always great to sit down and uh, have an opportunity to chat with you. So that's that's wonderful. 
I think, you know, David, I, when I introduced, you know, when actually when I invited you to be on the show, uh, it's one of the reasons that I did so is because every time we've ever had a chance to have a conversation, it's, it's never gone exactly how I would have planned it to go. And that's not a bad thing. It just seems that when you're talking with passionate innovators, you know, these rabbit holes, you know, kind of exist and pop up. And the next thing you know, you're running down and pursuing a whole new sort of caveat or conversation. Uh, I'm curious, what's driving you today? Yeah, so I, I, think, uh, I think there's a number of things, right? And, and I, I'm glad you bring that up about um, just the rabbit holes. I think the rabbit holes that are around the peripherals of anything that we do are what really drives innovation because it's that, that curiosity, that, that question that comes up of, you know, why does this work? How does this work? Did you hear about this? You know, those, those small things that get us to move outside of our, our comfort zones. And I, I think truly, you know, when we're outside of those comfort zones is where we find innovation. And I, and I think, you know, we, talking to you um, because you are such a, a leader in the space and have a, a great insight on a lot of different areas um, and industries, uh, it's just helpful. Uh, I can tell you yeah. that uh, you're definitely one of the people that I, I connect with to, to better understand what's going on. Uh, in I the appreciate that. You know, it's you actually. I should actually bring this up. Is speaking of personalized nutrition, you know, you and I had a conversation, and this has got to be over a year ago, and you introduced me to a scientist who. Uh, literally, honestly, just gave me a brand new uh, supplement, uh, so to speak, that uh, has had a pretty big impact on my life. How do you end up getting connected? I mean, I know personalized nutrition is one of your passions, but how do you end up getting connected, you know, with these kinds of scientists and individuals who are in these specialized fields? Yeah, so a lot of that is a, a byproduct of me being fortunate enough to be in a role where I get to practice innovation and business development every day. Um, and so, it's, it's taking what's on that forefront of science and, and trying to bring that into, um, you know, a product, into a, a brand where it fits, and um, trying to drive that nutrition and that, that foundation to consumers. Um, or what we look at, you know, when you're talking about research, right, so it's, it's a little bit tougher. It's, it's out there kind of in the tea leaves where you have to say what's going to be really relevant in, uh, in three years, in five years. Sometimes if you're lucky, you know, one to two years out. But uh, in, in the research and development space, you really have to take some far out there bets. And mm. you're just pretty fortunate because some of those, some of those pay off. So, but yeah, so I, I stay in touch with that stuff uh, around the nutrition space um, from all kinds of different inputs. You know, I think, you know, you... I think you have to be, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 keep going. I, I think you have to always be benchmarking, and uh, like I said, uh, that could be from from talking to someone that's an expert uh, that knows an industry. You have to go to the shows, um, keep uh, up to speed with uh, podcasts, with uh, different articles that may be coming out. I mean, I again, I, I know you'd mentioned it there at the beginning and my bio, but I think it's really important just to read a lot of different sources. Um, I don't think it's it's when you're thinking innovation, I, I know a lot of people think, well, I'm going to become an expert in a certain space. But I think it's just good to understand things in a broad perspective. I think yeah. it's just because it helps you really find those territories to drive innovation. You know, it's funny. Uh, you're absolutely right. I think that I have been – I know I've been with you or near you at at least four different conferences. And it's 
Now, full disclosure, uh, it's actually maybe easier for David to take in a conference because you're at least 6'6". Um, am I right? I mean, you can see over the crowd. <laughs> I got to guess that you're absolutely getting a chance to to see, you know, uh, over the crowds to, you know, which booth you want to go visit at least. Am I wrong? Well, no. I, I figured, Andy, you'd, you'd ask me here in a minute, you know, what helps you be an innovator. And I was going to tell you. Uh, surely my height. My height is what drives the fact that I'm an innovator. I can see a lot of things at Boots. So, but yeah, no, it, it does help uh, being able to spot what you want to go and see. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's also good to have folks that uh, that slow you down along that uh, that path that you're heading to, to to learn about something a little bit different or a little bit uh, outside of what you were focused on. Things that stop you in your tracks and grab you. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. one of those pieces, I think, you know, you're talking about reading the tea leaves, but I'm also assuming those things that stop you in, in your tracks, uh, it's got to be more than just a gut reaction uh, for those things. But what kind of, you know, information or people or companies do you see that, that go, ooh, wait, I need to stop and pay attention to that? You know, I, I think it's, I think it's anybody that um, can connect the dots, right? I find the folks that, that can understand where you're coming from. So some of that is having empathy for the customer, for the consumer. Uh, if it's business to business, you know, what businesses are trying to sell into, uh, whoever it is. I think those folks that can really connect the dots and, and have that empathy, empathy to, to discuss it from a standpoint where you go, hey, you know why I need this. You know where I would more than likely use this. And you've done your homework, so I, I think I think it's those folks that can that can help with that. Now, the the really exciting uh, opportunities are those when they tell you this, and there's a couple parts that you know you have kind of going on in your organization that you're working on in the the, the backs of the the rooms and the the dark cubby holes where R and D folks sit, um, and and you know that you go, hey, you know what? I, I think you got a good idea here, but we could probably do two or three other things. And that's that's the part where I, I love coming in and, and connecting those dots for them and, and uh, finding a way to, to work with small, medium, large, whatever size they are, companies, uh, to help try to bring this stuff uh, into the light. And you know, I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you a question about that too, because one of the, you've mm-hmm. mentioned several things. You've mentioned you know small, medium, large companies, R and D, science, uh, research. I mean. Literally in your job in business development for innovation, you've got to consider a whole range, uh, let's just call them stakeholders, right, of different people who need to fit into that equation for you. My question is, and I think every, I think our listeners would really, really want to hear this, is what makes a good partner for innovation in, in, your, in your opinion? Uh, you know, I, I wish I could say it was uh, being the smartest guy in the room, but I, I've yet to see <laughs> that pan out, and I've seen a few of those folks. But um, I think it's really communication, especially in, for a large company that I work for. You know, uh, and really in any large um, and even medium-sized country, companies, I think communication is so key. I think you have to understand the needs of those folks internally and understand where you're trying to go and be able to tell a story. And I, I don't mean that in a in a way that you're – you're spinning up, uh, you know, essentially a, a huge, um, wonderful fantasy about a, a, an opportunity. I think it's understanding what relates to those different folks and what they're trying to accomplish in their business units or in their R&D functions or uh, what they're trying to drive with a certain customer. 
I think you have to connect all those dots and bring them to the table and be able to tell that story, if it fits, uh, to be able to tell that story uh, to really move the needle, really get people energized, because I, I think in large companies, that's what it really takes. I mean, you have so many resources, but let's be honest, what happens most of the time is, is the direction isn't always aligned. And I think what you can do is, is be the glue. And I think that's the key with, with uh, innovation and business development. You know, it's interesting, uh, David. And, and by the way, I'm speaking with David Weaver, uh, who really heads up a, a lot of different fronts, but he's David's in charge of innovation and business development uh, with Nestle Purina. And it's a big job that stretches across a lot of different categories. Uh, we got an email, David, right off the bat. And the question was, you know, in, in brand new categories – uh, and I'm sure some of those which you're working with, uh, how do you choose the right benchmarks to measure against? You, and you talked about you know finding those benchmarks and measuring those things. When it comes to, in some cases, I'm, you're probably out there defining a marketplace. How do you find the right benchmarks to really leverage against? Yeah, no, and that's, that's a great question. Um, and it's, it's a really, really important one because it's, it's so hard to do. Uh, everything else I feel like is, is some sort of system or science, uh, but there's definitely some art to what we do as well. Um, you have to know uh, what that consumer need is, and uh, you have to understand how it's trying to be addressed uh, by different startups out there, by different medium-sized companies, what they've done, uh, what they're trying to do. And I, and I think you can take a look and say, okay, what did they have right you know, one of these right. three pieces they may have had right, uh, and, and sometimes that's enough to, to carry it over. But when I, when I really break things down, I think of were they addressing the right co- uh, consumer need? Did they have the right business model? And then the technology. And all of those yeah. are kind of the structural part, you know. Um, but the art, the art is just sitting down and talking to them. Understanding what are the dynamics in the team, what are the dynamics with, you know, a lot of cases, the startups or the small businesses or oh. even innovation groups, right? David, uh, I'm going to stop you right inter- real quick. I apologize for this. I'm going to stop you real quick because I want to go to break. But when I come back, I, you just nailed two things that I think are key and and the art of, you know, discovering what that, you know, that startup or that major corporation can, and how they can help each other. And that's another question we've received for you already based on your bio was the space between the corporation and the startup innovation. Uh, that's going to be something mm-hmm. I think we want to delve into as well. You're listening to Innovation Insiders. My guest is the fascinating David Weaver. Stick with us. When we come back, we're going to dive into the startup versus the corporate culture and innovation. And here's some insight on that. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The Brado Innovation Labs are a fleet of mobile laboratories equipped with the tools needed to conduct in-depth innovation sessions, including rapid prototyping whenever and wherever you want it to be. Each lab is equipped with 3D printers, laser cutters, modeling software, and prototyping tools. The lab makes it easy to put prototypes into the hands of those who will be charged with the manufacturing, marketing, selling, and ultimately consuming in as little as a single day. 
Grotto's Innovation Sprint streamlines what typically takes a month or longer into one intense productive week. At Grotto, we take an inside-out approach to innovation that marries your company's inside expertise with consumers' outside insight, all in the same room. Together, this process helps to inform, research, design, and create alignment for your innovations. Our pursuit of intense empathy and innovation manifests itself in many ways, transforming traditional components of research into something much more powerful. For more information, visit brado.net, B-R-A-D-O dot The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight with Andy Ford. For more information about Brado, please visit Brado.net. Again, that's B-R-A-D-O.net. Now back to the show. Welcome back. This is Andy Ford with uh, Innovation Insiders. Once again, my desk, uh, my desk at my desk, <laughs> sitting my notes, and on my notes is David Weaver's name. David, uh, when we went to break, we were talking about the art of innovation. You know, there's a lot of science. There's a lot of things you can use to benchmark uh, existing sort of space. But when it comes to uh, the the new spaces, there's an art to it. And one of those things that got queued up in that uh, was really startup culture versus corporations. And I guess I'm just going to stop here and say, in your personal opinion, what's the biggest difference in innovation with a, within a corporation versus a startup? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I think there are some pretty considerable ones. I mean, you just have to look at, you know, thinking about it from a standpoint of what resources do both of these groups have? Um, and I, I think, from a, a larger company uh, or even a medium-sized company, it's a lot of understanding that everything that that company has built has been to optimize what they do today, what mm-hmm. they're doing, what they're trying to accomplish. And innovation at its core is going to be a difference from that. And so you're going to run across all kinds of struggle, all kinds of um, 
issues associated with trying to break a system that everyone else is trying to repair. Uh, and so when, when you get that in a, in a large company, um, what you just have to keep in mind is communication is key and alignment is key. And, again, going back to that, that science uh, versus art, but then there's also that time where essentially while you're developing a story, when you're developing those, those key pieces that will be the future of that organization, you have to make sure that you give yourself time to craft that message. Give yourself time to become the expert so that your new role is to be comfortable telling your story, challenging at any level in that organization. Huh. If you're truly it's- great at innovation in a large company, you should be able to, you know, tell someone that's on a shop floor all the way to the CEO of that company and make them feel that you understand the situation, you understand the dynamics, and you know where you're going with this piece of innovation. Now, on the, the startup side, you yeah. have a very different, you know, instance there, or different situation where folks are normally resource-strapped when the target seems to be moving a lot, when you can pivot quite frequently. Um, where you can beg, borrow, and steal to get whatever you can to bundle a product. But get to product, get to revenue. And that's a fascinating thing because I think the the magic of a, a startup is you just see that iteration. You just see the, the movement so much faster than you do in a large company. But uh, the key, though, I think, is, is keeping your eye on the right prize and then engaging and disseminating information with those teams. But yeah, no, there's there's different dynamics in both situations. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, it sounds fascinating to me too. I mean, when I think about you know, as you described, by the way, beautiful description of what it's like to be inside corporate innovation. Uh, honestly, had not had never thought of it, having been a consultant and worked with you know a small, medium, and really large companies helping translate ideas or strategy. But you are that point of context that has to, and if I can use a couple of your words, tell the story to whoever you're touching or talking about as it relates to that innovation pipeline. And and you've used the word empathy, and in, even in your bio when we talked about that, it was talking to your customer every day. Is that why it's important to talk to your customer every day so you can translate that tension or that need to anybody that you know needs to hear that story? Well, absolutely, and and then disseminating that information. Your customer is going to be the first one that sees the next three problems you didn't even know uh, were in your future. They're going to see it first. They're going to understand it, and they're going to ask you for what they would want. Now, they may not have the best idea how to get there, but they're right. sitting there giving you all kinds of free consumer research, free uh, information about business model, free information about you name it, supply chain, whatever it may be. They're helping you identify those next three problems. So the key is to listen and then disseminate that information as quickly as possible to your organization. We got a question uh, via email that uh, I think kind of ties into a specialty that I'm sure you you know, have to consider and deal with when it comes to different cultures that you you know may potentially look at for an acquisition is and, and the question says you know how do you effectively transition that newly acquired company? into a larger organization, and then ensure that they retain what made them special? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tough, tough question because it's the worst answer, but it, it depends. 
you know, uh, sometimes <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Sometimes it's uh, it's one of these situations where uh, you go in and you say, okay, I think this can fit, and I think our two cultures can mesh. And and really, I mean, above all of product or how you integrate this or you know what you were promised in terms of, of synergies uh, with an acquisition or a large investment, uh, it, it's really important to make sure you get that culture piece right because everything that you've invested in, especially if you know some investments are learning investments, we acquire companies to watch them evolve or to understand the marketplace that they're in today. If you acquire a company that's a learning investment and you try to integrate it, I go back to some of those previous statements where I talk about you're trying to put someone in the machine that is there to break the machine. <laughs> and everybody else around them is just working so hard to repair it that sooner or later those folks trying to break the machine will be crushed under its weight. Oh. And so it's, it's real important to, to either keep that entity kind of as a standalone entity and let them run and, and do what they need to uh, and, and have those right touch points and those right communicators. Uh, from your organization, connect with theirs. Uh, in other cases, it's good to just go ahead and bundle up a few of them. Give them the ability where there's no critical mass and one can squash the other uh, and let them all come together and spin into something larger that drives the needle for your business in that area. You know, it's fascinating. It's fascinating is that you, when you talk about, well, first of all, your role, and I think about the fact that you have to, A, you've got to be out there on the cusp, and, and maybe I should back up and say this. You have to know your organization well enough to understand what their capabilities are to then identify where those new companies could help fill in, merge, you know, find synergy, or compete against. <laughs> and then you've got to sell that story to both I mean, am I wrong? It sounds like you've got a pretty tireless job that has to understand the total business and then be able to translate it back and forth across both lines. I, I would say you you have it correct, Andy. Um, it's a lot like surfing. Okay. Um, you know, you, you got to catch the wave just at the right time. Right. And you've got to make sure that you're reading the waves correctly so that when you don't paddle out and catch a wrong wave or you catch, you know, a wave at a lull, you got to make sure you hit it just right. You're on trend. You're matching the story. The other piece is you have to make sure that you're matching the organization's appetite. Appetite for risk, appetite for you know, reaffirming a core of their business, you know, what exactly is, is happening in the marketplace. So, again, I, I go back to the importance of really making sure that you're understanding your industry, the industries around your peripheral, as well as uh, those folks in, in power making decisions in your organization. Because so many things can change uh, so quickly um, that can change the dynamics of an acquisition, who you're talking to, as well as what are going to be those key territories that help you win in the next 5, 10, 15 years? You know, what's fascinating about this whole conversation is, you know, uh, on top of all of the business considerations that you had, you have to have, uh, and then understanding, I'm sure at some point, strategies and the level of complexity from an R&D, IP, and, you know, and start naming some of those things that come into your job. It sounds like 
at the core, you also have to be a bit of an instigator yourself. You're somebody who is looking for to your to you know add on to this analogy those companies that are fighting against your core business that are looking to disrupt the marketplace. I mean, I don't think you can identify those unless you actually <laughs> kind of resonate a little bit with that. Am I wrong, or, or is that am I am I hitting a little too close to home? Well, it, it, it's good. It does take a lot of fortitude, and and I, I think I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, I think if you look at a lot of innovation folks or business development folks, I think when you look at their resumes, you're going to find that a lot of times they're on the peripherals. They're they're folks that may have had traditional sales roles, uh, brand building roles, depending on the industry, operations, whatever it is. But I think you normally don't find them going straight up in a vertical. I think you find your innovation folks bouncing across roles, um, kind of staying on what's new, what's 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 the sources of growth for your business, uh, and and roles where you're able to to see that, to understand that, because it, it's difficult when you're in the core of a of a um, kind of a competency, or when you're trying to build, uh, you know, changing the the red on Coca-Cola is what I like to think of it as. When my job is changing the red on the Coca-Cola, it's it's a tough job for an innovator. Because you need to make sure that you're managing the business, growing the business. But when it's your job to go out there and find what did my Coca-Cola drinker uh, have before they had my Coke? What was that? When it's your job to figure that out, I think that takes a little bit of a different skill set. And I think it takes folks that um, are those that, that challenge the business, challenge the existing model, challenge the folks that are making decisions today. And I think it, it takes a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of one-on-one interactions with those leaders. It takes a lot of understanding of the industry, a lot of understanding of what's going on uh, with that consumer, and then what's going on with new business models. I think one of the most undervalued spaces, which is, you know, always coming up now, but uh, was business models. Yeah. I think the more that you look at those and how you overlay those and, and think about everything that you do. And how today versus five years, ten years, your business model will change. That's interesting. And how are you preparing for that? You know, it's it's fascinating. I'm talking with a uh, a restless uh, a soul himself uh, who has used his career uh, of in curiosity, natural curiosity, and uh, then I think you know business acumen and uh, to turn it into a career that has allowed him to become uh, an innovator with a really great perspective. We're talking with David Weaver. And when we come back, uh, we're going to dive in a little bit more to some of his personal passions. I want to talk a little bit about uh, perspective on consumer versus an internal point of view. Uh, So stick around after these messages. We'll be right back with David Weaver. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The Grotto Innovation Labs are a fleet of mobile laboratories equipped with the tools needed to conduct in-depth innovation sessions, including rapid prototyping whenever and wherever you want it to be. Each lab is equipped with 3D printers, laser cutters, modeling software, and prototyping tools. The lab makes it easy to put prototypes into the hands of those who will be charged with the manufacturing, marketing, selling, and ultimately consuming in as little as a single day. 
Grotto's Innovation Sprint streamlines what typically takes a month or longer into one intense productive week. At Grotto, we take an inside-out approach to innovation that marries your company's inside expertise with consumers' outside insight, all in the same room. Together, this process helps to inform, research, design, and create alignment for your innovations. Our pursuit of intense empathy and innovation manifests itself in many ways, transforming traditional components of research into something much more powerful. For more information, visit brado.net, B-R-A-D-O dot net. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight with Andy Ford. For more information about Brado, please visit brado.net. Again, that's b r a d o.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Innovation Insiders. Uh, once again, if you'd like to hit me up via email, we've gotten some great emails uh, this uh, broadcast listening to David Weaver. That's Andy.Ford at brado.net. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at a Ford uh, if you're just you know hanging around and and want to snap a a meme to David and I that'll be just fine. Um, David, when we were leaving and we're going to break and you're talking about you know business models and that's sort of untapped space. I should say untapped space. That's not true. It has been maybe overlooked slightly as it relates to innovation. Um, when you start thinking about the kinds of strategies, uh, products, new business models you can bring to the marketplace, there are those clear consumer touch points that the consumer is you know, in demand for something. But then – and you and I have had conversations about this in the past. There's those areas that the consumer is not even asking for, but you know there's a path that can change their perspective or their experience. Um, how do you introduce those kinds of unasked for or you know that people just don't know they need a product or a service to fulfill that need? It's, it's another great question, Andy. And I, I think it's uh, I think it's one of those where sometimes when you say it in rooms, uh, especially with people that aren't you know experts in a space or really spending the time and in investing and in kind of learning about a certain space, you'll get a lot of blank stares. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. you'll, you, you'll get a lot of questions as to why in the world would we do this? And uh, I think that is where some of that storytelling will come into play, uh, especially when you know selling it internally. But on the other side of that, I think, I think you know, I, I, I wish I could say it took all kinds of uh, creativity and and insight, but I think to some of it, it's just paying attention to the marketplace. You know, uh, a lot of great companies will venture into to areas. Lots of great startups, uh, large companies, small companies, so on and so forth. Uh, they'll venture into areas, and they may have had everything right but the top. It just didn't click. You know, uh, they weren't able to communicate it effectively, and, and consumers took a look at it, and they didn't know what it was either. Um, and, you know, then something will come along. You know, the uh, advancement of a certain technology or uh, a change in business model where people are comfortable, you know, receiving um, boxes to their house every, house every day. Uh, they're, they're comfortable receiving basic things um, that change the way they think. They're comfortable with the fact that someone over an email sending a report uh, can know more about your uh, your health than uh, a, you know, a long-trusted physician. It's, it's different things that uh, will start to shift people's perspective. And I, and I think what really helps to to get the consumer there and helps them to understand something is it's got to be fundamentally uh, something that they can interact with and understand quickly. And mm. so I think if you're able to, to build a model that, that gives them those, those small sort of rewards for interacting or the small rewards for learning a little bit more, and it is a big departure from where they're at today, I think you'll be successful. I think it's uh, the innovation where it's a big departure from where they are today and you, you don't have that continuous conversation. You don't have those interactions from the product or uh, from the service or whatever it may be. Uh, I think that's where those consumers tend to um, walk away from it, tend to put it down, tend to uh, find what else, is, what else is new. So I, I think that's real key. Yeah, this, you know, it's, fa- it's fascinating to me. Um, David, as you talk about this, and I start, you know, in my mind, I immediately start thinking about those kinds of products that were departures, but immediately I, I intuitively knew what to do with it. I just sort of had a moment where I went, ah, yeah, this makes sense to me. I can see how this, you know, I mean, everything moving from um, a liquid detergent over to uh, something that would, you know, dissolve in water and clean my dishes, Twitter. You know, just intuitively micro messaging. Uh, you know, Square, those kinds of payment pieces. It just intuitively, insightfully made sense. And it doesn't always have to be a technology solution. It it can be, to your point, something fundamental and a quick touch point that changes things. But it sounds like innovation today is a lot more experiential. I.e., the consumer is having a touch point and a place to play than anything else. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. And, and consumers are driving it all. I mean, right. when we ask what's innovative, it's, it's going to be, you know, what consumers migrate towards, what changes our life in a meaningful way. Um, and, and those consumers will be the ones that tell you exactly what you can and cannot do. Um, and sometimes you'll see folks, again, going back to the wave analogy, you just catch the wave at the wrong time. You know, it can be a painful uh, next two to three years until you do figure out um, – that the market forces are in the right place. And, and before you know it, your whole business can pop. 
I mean, one of my favorite examples is, is Red Bull. You know, everybody uh, thinks about Red Bull, and when it, when it hit the U.S., it just exploded. It had been in Europe for seven years prior. I mean, this wasn't right. something that, that was brand new to the world. This, this had been around. It's a, you know, you've had a chance, I know, in your career to work across a lot of categories. Uh, I mean, I mean, David, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you've been on everything and I'm not trying to, you know, paint you as uh, someone who's had a, a vagabond career. But if you've had a, the luck to work across consumer packaged goods and beverage uh, over to, you know, pet food. I mean, we're talking about um, personalized nutrition. Uh, and the woodworking <clears throat> to me is <laughs> when I read your bio and I saw that, I thought, I'm, I'm curious, do you have a personal passion for woodworking or was it the transactional piece where you could see some advanced techniques were going to change the way people looked at personalization and elements like that? I'm just curious what drove, you know, what drew you to that? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, Andy, uh, that, that's very true, and, and you're right. I think if anyone's going to venture into a startup, make sure there's some personal passion there. Uh, oh, otherwise, you know, there's, there's a reality that uh, you're going to find yourself doing something that you don't really love someday. Uh, so if you ever do want venture into a startup, make sure you absolutely love it and you can do it every day. For me, that was the case with uh, the woodwork inside. Um, it, it was something that I uh, learned to do uh, growing up with my father, and so a lot of passion for it. Um, it it's where I learned more about the uh, how to do things um, to where they aren't just a science but an art, and, uh, and it helped me understand that. So it was a really important lesson in life. Uh, and I think when you, know, you overlay that passion and when you keep your, your, your eyes open and um, keep learning about those different uh, rabbit holes as they pop up, as we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, I think you just find these opportunities, and uh, I think I think you know if you if you don't take those those unicorn examples of entrepreneurs, and you take more of the tried and true, uh, you'll find that an entrepreneur had three other businesses before one blew up. You know, before one made it big, and then, you know, now that's the business that people know them for. Uh, these people were innovating uh, constantly. They were trying new wow. products. They were trying new services. Um, they explored. And uh, I think that was, that was kind of how it worked with the uh, woodworking company I started in college. It was just a, an overlay of a passion and me kind of looking around going, well, I guess I, I thought everybody knew about this, and uh, not, not everybody did. And and then learning more about, um, you know, just some of the cool stuff you could do with programming and uh, different kinds of woodworking machines and just building really basic systems uh, to, that could assemble and, and put together, you know, beautiful pieces of uh, uh, furniture. So, you know, that's, that's what I did, was able to customize them. Uh, folks really enjoyed it, um, and it was, a, it was a great little business. So. That's great. That's you know when it comes to those startups that you're you're looking at, you think about, you know, you consider, and what's more meaningful for you? Is it case studies that they could present? Is it a business model, uh, or is it you know maybe you know i.e. they've got some technologies or some IP that's truly meaningful or, or potentially differentiating? But when you start evaluating those kinds of companies that can be, you know, good acquisitions, really beneficial, do you like them to be more polished, more raw, have a little more marketing, forward perspective? What, what seems to be a good mix? 
Well, I tell you, I, I sure like it when they're when they're polished and they're buttoned up and their P and Ls look great. Uh, the only problem with that is we're not the only one in the conversation at that point. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, what what I tend to like is is you know, and where I tend to find that I, I can drive the most value for the company uh, that I work for today with Nestle. You know, finding those startups that uh, are working on getting it right. You see those core pieces. And, you know, what, what is an acquisition? You know, people think of it as a dollars transaction. It's truly a relationship. It's a relationship saying, hey, I know, you know, maybe not everything's perfect right now, but we're going to help you figure out some things, and, and we think you could help us figure out some things. And if you think of an acquisition uh, or an investment in that mindset versus a dollar transaction from one side or the other or, you know, this is a – hundred million dollar opportunity in five years. If you truly think of it at the core of what's happening in that situation, I think it's much easier to understand what the value is uh, to both parties. Because you just think of, well, what's the value in this relationship? I'm here to help you round out a few rough corners. You're here to help me round out a few rough corners. And I think if that's the case and it comes to fruition, you're in a great space. Um, doesn't always happen. Uh, sometimes it's, it's you. You're absolutely right. Everything's polished. It looks great. Uh, this is a buy it and integrate it, uh, or buy it and set it out there. Let it grow, do its thing, uh, and then we'll we'll come back later. But I, I find the most rewarding innovation or acquisition from uh, from my side to be more of those relationship pieces. You know, I uh, I am very tempted right now to immediately peel over into uh, your personal relationship and find out if you went through this insane the same situation when you were dating your wife and then into marriage. Just I could just picture a spreadsheet with all of her talents and your talents. Exactly. And you're like, you know what? This is going to be a good merger. This is this is this is going to be long term progress that's right I, you know I, andy i love the credit that you give me uh for for being able to to find my wife with uh, such smooth language but i i had a few years in college to work on that and figure it out so i was a little bit better at the okay side. so it doesn't translate over to all aspects of your life uh we're talking mm-hmm. with david weaver when we come back we've got our final segment you're Really going to enjoy uh, this. Uh, it's our innovator's confession, and we're going to rapid fire and hit David with some questions, and then he's going to get a chance to tell us, uh, you know, as we end our program, what some of those final thoughts that he has. So stick around for these uh, for this message. We'll be right back uh, with David Weaver. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The Brado Innovation Labs are a fleet of mobile laboratories equipped with the tools needed to conduct in-depth innovation sessions, including rapid prototyping whenever and wherever you want it to be. Each lab is equipped with 3D printers, laser cutters, modeling software, and prototyping tools. The lab makes it easy to put prototypes into the hands of those who will be charged with the manufacturing, marketing, selling, and ultimately consuming in as little as a single day. 
Grotto's Innovation Sprint streamlines what typically takes a month or longer into one intense productive week. At Grotto, we take an inside-out approach to innovation that marries your company's inside expertise with consumers' outside insight, all in the same room. Together, this process helps to inform, research, design, and create alignment for your innovations. Our pursuit of intense empathy and innovation manifests itself in many ways, transforming traditional components of research into something much more powerful. For more information, visit brado.net, B-R-A-D-O dot Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight with Andy Ford. For more information about Brado, please visit Brado.net. Again, that's B-R-A-D-O.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Innovation Insiders. I'm Andy Ford. We are speaking with David Weaver. Now, David, this section, uh, segment of our program, uh, has become pretty popular, actually, with a lot of our listeners. People uh, have enjoyed it. So we've got a set of questions that we call the Innovator's Confession. So I'm just going to jump right in. Um, Surprise me. Tell me about the innovation that might catch all of us off guard in the next five years. Uh, I know it's been a been a regular theme, but I think it's personalized nutrition. I, I think uh, I think in the future, I don't know if it's going to be the next five years, but I, I think my Alexa is going to be telling me what I should eat and why. Wow, that's <clears throat> I actually I got to be honest with you, that would be a dream for me. Because I don't want to make decisions on food anymore. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of done. I would like that to just go, hey, hey, you want to, you want to sleep better? You want to feel better? This is what you eat. Well, Andy, I think you're going to like the future. <laughs> okay. What are three, the top three words to describe an innovative individual? Ah, uh, you know, you, you got to be curious. Mm. Um. I hate to say it because it's been such a theme, but you have to be a storyteller mm-hmm. um, and a little bit bullheaded. Maybe persistent would be a better word, but you, <laughs> you just have to always be, you know, moving the needle forward, taking things, yeah. carrying it on your shoulders. And uh, because I will say, 
innovators, it's it's tough to be the first through the door. You always get the worst of it. <laughs> oh yeah, so you got to oh, be yeah. persistent. You you you've you absolutely. I think bullhead is the right way because it actually puts enough weight on what it's like to. I love that to be the first through the door. That is a lot of what you do is come in and try to set the stage. Hey, guess what? Things are changing. Here's how. So I'm sure in some cases, well, a being a storyteller is is how you is how you get there. Uh, so, other than your own, what company do you think is the most innovative in the world today? That is that is a tough question, Andy. There's there's a lot of great people out there doing a lot of great things, uh, especially the ones that go unnoticed. Mm. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll I'll go for one that is is easy to see. But I think is, is rarely acknowledged, and uh, I say it's Amazon. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm constantly impressed uh, impressed with how many parts of my life they're touching on a regular basis. Oh. And I don't know if anyone else thinks Amazon's a lifestyle brand, but uh, I definitely do. And I I, I think they're going to continue to do that, and I think they have some big plans for the future. Don't you feel that way? Don't you just feel the way that they are a positioning themselves and building their business is that it it I think I've never heard someone say that they're a lifestyle brand, but that absolutely resonates with me. And I don't know if it's maybe we're just a couple of nerds that are, you know, sitting here, but I've got the I've got the Alexa show (laughs) sitting at at home and I've got Mm -hmm. dash buttons and other pieces around. And David, it has increased usage from echo to show. And I'm not even kidding. It might be 500 percent. It's they they just, you know, and and people don't think about them as innovators. Uh, A lot of people call them integrators, Um, Uh but they're just phenomenal. I mean, to think about how they can come into an industry and absolutely change it, absolutely flip the dynamics is is innovation in its truth. And they're talking about doing that in healthcare too, right? I mean, that's what's next. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, I, that, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I, I just, I just think it's funny because, you know, ten years ago, Amazon was a book company. I mean, right. <laughs> it's like, great what, point. What are they going to do tomorrow? Great so. point. If, if you could pick one person, and this could be anybody, famous, unknown guy who lives down the street from you, to be named master of innovation, who would it be? Wrong question, Andy. Wrong question. Master of innovation? I mean, again, I I think, you know, I think what we do is I think we see individuals. uh, And, you know, I think we prop up individuals as masters of innovation. And and maybe it's masters of innovation culture. Um, Okay. Masters of of innovation. um, That's a good ad. You know, that's a good it's a di- it's changing the culture, right? That's what you're saying. Look, it's not a guy who's an innovator. It's a person who's helping bring innovation to a company. That's the real absolutely. that's the real point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I, I think there's a lot of them out there. And I, I think uh, the, the masters are the ones that, that are probably the least heard about and the most humble that just keep doing it more and more. Uh, iterating, learning every day. So I love that. Answer. I don't know. I, I have a hard time with it. Love that answer. Love that answer. Then I'm going to get me give you an easy one. And let's face it, right? Innovators are shit disturbers, right? They're, they're the first through the door. They cause trouble. They're tumultuous. They're always creating some level of disturbance. What's your favorite shit disturbing moment? Mm, that, that's a great question too. Because there's, there's a number of them. 
I, I do respect that about innovators. Um, I, I do think they're going to be the ones that are always keeping us on our toes, and uh, even after they leave. Um, you know, one of my favorites, Richard Branson. Uh, I, I just find him constantly um, throwing stuff in the face of, of what we all know. Um, I mean, the guy's going to take us to space. That's, that's it. You know, and again, when you think about where he's come from to where he's going, uh, he owns an island. I mean, you got to respect that. The guy who owns an island is going to take you to space. I, I find that he, he constantly keeps me on my toes. It's interesting too, and it is that you know, in to your point, when you talk about these curious, um, bullheaded, um, uh, humble, I mean, there's a when we're talking about people who are innovators, it's a pretty special breed. Not to be, you know, not to pat myself or you too hard on the back, because I'm sure there's pitfalls and shortcomings to all these individuals. Uh, but when you start thinking about this theme of what an innovative individual means, and you bring up Richard Branson, uh, these are people who seem to be displeased or not not satisfied with the status quo. Do you feel like that resonates with you at all? Absolutely, and and I think it's it's those that are. Um interested in how good it could be or where it could go versus where it is today. Uh, yeah. I think those are the, the folks that have a little bit of a skewed perspective on, on the world. Uh, find funny things, uh, even in the, the day-to-day mundane that other folks let, let slip by. I think, I, think you have to, I think you have to spend as much time up in the air as you do on the ground. Um, I think the strategy and the details are, when you pair them, I think it's just really what helps you to peel things apart and, and find that, that truth. Um, but I yeah. think you have to, have to keep uh, that, that humor about it and, and uh, always be willing to try something new. It, it, it's, it's a tough life. It's uh, yeah. not as easy as, as uh, some would think. So, you know, it's, it's funny because I feel like, you know, David, you, you, first of all, you've, really done uh, a wonderful job, A, explaining to us some of those ins and outs of your career and what it's taken uh, to get, you know, a corporation to incorporate uh, some startup mentality and think about, you know, acquisitions and and how you merge and bring those things together from the point of view of an innovator. Uh, This has been uh, really rewarding for me to get a chance to talk to you and to hear uh, your perspective and also from your, you know, from your point of view, the way you've had the chance to touch a lot of different corporations and a lot of different people, uh, but in a refreshing, a refreshing sort of light way. I mean, this isn't a heavy thing. It sounds like you're still energized and excited about your job and what the future holds. And to me, I think that's one of the more refreshing aspects of innovation. So I hope you've enjoyed uh, being a part of this program as well. Oh, absolutely, Andy. And again, thank you for putting it on and giving me the opportunity to listen to other folks that are out there trying to innovate. Yeah, David. My guest has been David Weaver. Uh, Join us next week uh, for Innovation Insiders with Brado Creative Insight. Until then, uh, hit us up on Twitter at AFord or Brado Insight. And until we speak again, thank you and have a great week. Thank you for listening this week to Innovation Insiders with Grotto Creative Insight. Please join host Andy Ford again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, innovate.